come to tell from the abyss, the most unfiltered, unselfish, unapologetic, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yes, sir. Here we are for another uh, another solo episode in which I have to go alone. Jay will be going into his surgery, and he, he told everyone a few weeks back before he took the leap of absence from the show uh, this Monday. So he's going to be in all of our prayers for those of us who believe. Those of you that don't, I still respect you. I have friends that have all kinds of beliefs in this world. So other than that, as a... Man, it's a jam-packed jumbo episode. Remember when you used to buy the old comic books when you were a kid, the jumbo episodes? I used to get excited when they said jumbo episodes. I know they put extra commercials in it, pages trying to sell you the sea monkeys and all kinds of bullshit, yet I'm from that age bracket. Um, So this week we're going to be doing uh, something that me and Jay have done in the past. I don't remember where... I don't remember. I know that we did it for Jaws. I'm going to be talking about a book, and I think we did it from an, something else, but I can't recall. I wish he was here because he usually, like I've said a million times, he's the brain of the show, so he would know. But I'm going to start by talking about a movie that came out this week, and um, it's very important, this movie, this movie, as far as horror goes, or where they could be going. And it was directed, it was the first effort, directed effort of the uh, Danny... Filippo and Michael Filippo, the two brothers from Australia that have the uh, YouTube channel, Raka Raka. You've seen the, uh, if you've seen the Ronald McDonald going into a uh, fast food place and shooting up everybody in a video and all the weird stuff and all the good, cool videos that they have made, then these are this two brothers and they have gotten very, very, very lucky that they were given this, they put their heart and soul into this and... Somebody actually gave them the time of day as Sundance and the next is history because this one got purchased. This movie got purchased and they didn't need any luck once you got to see it because it's that good. The budget was $4.5 million on this one. Box office has brought up so far $11.1 million, 95 minutes. It's an Australian movie. So, um, it has a, a we thought it had a limited release. Me and, um, uh, and my boy, uh, Renny Rico from The Sentiment, who's under our umbrella, or Tales from the Abyss umbrella, who The Sentiment on weekly or bi-weekly, I think, that he releases his show. And he, we were talking about it, because I have got my eye on this for a long time, but I didn't know nothing about the directors. I didn't know this was their first time out here doing this. And boy, was I surprised, because this one, it has this arm that has been taken off from someone that has been embalmed. And apparently you touch this arm, they tie you to a chair, this young kid, somebody gave it to somebody and somebody gave it to somebody. And before you know it, they're all just, they take it, they hold it for 90 seconds. Once, once you put the candle, once, the, once you light up a candle and you're under a full possession of the uh, portal to the other side. But one of the people who did it, a young man, could not stop. He could not get rid of whatever was possessing him. And uh, man, this movie was graphic, nasty, just in your face, horror in a good way. When horror makes me cringe, you know horror is intense. When horror makes me cringe, horror is indeed intense. Because this one, this one had me just ugh, all over the place. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Uh closing my eyes and some some scenes were just hard to watch and that's what this movie brought 
Just uh, uh, I'll guarantee you. I was telling Reddy Rico about it. That that uh, talk to me is probably gonna be better than that Exorcist movie that they were making recently. Let me tell you something about this this movie. They have an actress named uh, Sophie Wall. Uh, she plays Mia. Mia stole the show in this. She was uh, phenomenal in this. All of the actors in this. I don't know if this is their first time, or they have a lot of. Uh, theater behind their belt, but uh, man, they all did very good. Chris Alosio is another actor that wasn't this. I guess he does have a, he, he has been around. I don't know what else. The Messenger, The Winds, I guess 2023. Let me see what uh, Mia, Sophia. She's an Australian actress known for her stand in the series roles in the in the Stan series Eden and the BBC series You Don't Know Me. And IT period drama Tom Jones. Her films include Talk to Me, Portable Door, and she was a 2020 rising star by the Guild of Australia. And well deserved. The girl is 25 years old and this the sky's the limit. She has a future. She has a very bright future, Sophie Wild. So going back to Talk To Me, this is their first, like I said, their first time out here doing this. And this is one hellacious horror movie. You're, you're in for a treat when you, when, you, when you actually give this movie a chance. Because this movie is, uh, man, Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure, has it very high. Let me go find out if Rotten Tomato, what Rotten Tomato has. This. Uh, they have it at 94. That's almost like you, if you like horror and you see a Rotten Tomato score 94, sometimes they, they give some scores that are like, I scratch my head, like the remake of The Children of the Corner, the new take. I thought that was better than what they were giving it. But talk to me at a 94. That's, that's, that's well the surf. This is a... Uh, this is a real good, solid horror, and rarely, it's very rare now that they make a, a movie with possessions and supernatural and make it as good as this this guy's capture this genre. It is, it is very good. Everybody's doing it, but when they do it in a way that you can't stop talking about it, it was well done. And I would like to say that I highly recommend, um, highly recommend this movie. The Raka Raka on YouTube, the channel, it'll make you laugh. It has some funny stuff, some intense stuff. You got to have an open sense of humor. It's not it's not a conservative uh, channel by any means, you know. But the two Australian brothers, that they did very well with this movie. And for what I have made the research on, their next thing that they have been penciled to do is uh, Street Fighter. And we need a good Street Fighter movie. We haven't had one since the... Um, since basically the anime, because I didn't like the one with Raul Julia and and Van Damme. You know, it's a shame because Raul Julia was, you can't really blame him. He had stomach cancer. He's trying to make a dollar out there. And he was a great actor. Love him in uh, Tequila Sunrise. But that was not a very good, uh, there was a lot of controversy on that one. Me and Jay made a show on it. We talked about it. Um but I'm I'm hoping the next Street Fighter, and I definitely hope that they do a better job with this Street Fighter with these two visionaries, these two brothers. I'm pretty sure they can do something much better than that. Uh, that Mortal Kombat, because so far, man, that first Mortal Kombat, I don't know. I have no idea what they were trying to do, but that one wasn't for me. I didn't enjoy it at all. 
I don't even know if they made a part two or a follow-up. I haven't even followed up with the story. It was so shitty, the last one that they made. But talk to me out in the movie theaters right now, man. I thought it was, like, again, we thought it was going to have a limited release when we were talking about it. This movie is so worth the watch. It's almost it's almost like mind blowing that horror fans have not have not maybe just totally going all in on this. Like maybe they haven't had that huge uh, some kind of some some kind of a, a mega effort promoting this movie in the United States because I really don't know what to tell you other than this is a this is a hell of a good horror movie. Solid horror, man. This one is going to scare the... It's going to scare the bejesus out of you. This thing is really, really, really disturbing at times. And 96 minutes, they go so fast when you're watching this thing. This is... Uh, man. It, 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 man, it, it was... It was, it was it was shocking to have a horror movie that is as good as this. Because I haven't, you know, when I was a kid in The Lost Boys, you have a few few parts where you just like, ooh, like like The Lost Boys, Fright Night. But that's when I was a kid. Friday the 13th, 7. You know, as an adult, watching all these horror movies and watching as many horror movies as I have seen, seeing this is like, like, okay. You know, it's just another horror movie. Or I thought I was going to be watching another horror movie. First of all, I was trying to kill. I had a strategy. I was trying to go see one of the greatest performers of his generation, the great Pose Malone, who was performing in Charlotte on Saturday at a venue called PMC that I desperately uh, try to stay away from. But I had no choice in this time. I had to go see Pose Malone. I've been bitching about Pose Malone not playing in Charlotte for so long. Finally had a chance to go see him. And... Man, I had to do it. So my strategy is they have a movie theater three blocks from the venue. And I figure I'll watch a movie before the before the, the, the concert starts. I'll watch a movie, use their parking lot before I head over there to the venue, walk a few blocks to the venue. And on my way back, I'm already got a head start on everybody else to get out of the area because it's so bad to get out of there with the parking problems that they have. It's just one little road going in and out, and it's just terrible. So... I had something to do when I was watching this movie, but boy, I would have definitely gone anytime to go see this movie. That's how good this movie is. This movie is just, this is horror done right. And it's been a while since we get something this good. Because uh, um, this was, was this, they distributed, the person who bought it was A22. And this was probably the best movie that they've had since, since July of 2019 when they had Midsummer, which is incredibly solid horror that also makes you sink and it's it's i can't highly i can't stop talking about that movie i really like that movie i don't know if i don't know if we'll ever do something here on the show for it i don't know if jay have seen it or if he feels like i feel about it but you know talk to me is uh as definitely one of the best horror movies of this year and slashers the last good slasher that came out Let's be honest. That had to be uh, Art the Clown and, and the uh, Part Two that was that was released. Uh, I think last year when they save horror because the other stuff that we were expecting, as we have brought up before. Ugh. If it wasn't for Terrifier last year, man, I don't know what to tell you, but 
talk to me highly recommend it do not skip on this movie if you like horror and be expected to be very very frightened in your chair be expected to be disturbed in a good way so do not skip on talk to me you will not regret it it's uh Man, they should have released this in October. We would have had something even even bigger to talk about. This is a movie that you released during the horror season. Maybe they would have had a bigger reception at the movie theater. What? The night is still young. I mean, it only came out last week, and bosses, they're generating boss. So we'll see what happens. Nevertheless, can't wait to see what else comes from this guy. If that Street Fighter, if they go in that direction, which everything indicates that that's their next project, I can't wait to see to see it. So now, 41 years ago, 1982, I probably got to the party, and let me, let me see, I probably got into the party 84, 85, no later than that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Lair, and this is, uh, this is still going on as we, this week, we had... A movie by Seth Rogen, a screenplay by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Jeff Rowe, Dan Hernandez, and Benji Samit. And it was directed by Jeff Rowe, who also was a writer. These people have done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. If you like the old PJs, Eddie Murphy's the old PJs. Some of the art in this reminds me of that. Production company was Nickelodeon Movies. The music by Trent Renser, Resner, and Atticus Ross. I don't know who the hell Atticus Ross is, but that was who made the music on this. Gore Produce Academy Award, best original on the social network. Okay, that's around. Okay. So this movie and it has voices. Uh, let me see all the voices that I can, that I can, the people that are very famous in this. Okay, Hannibal Burroughs, Rose Byrne, John Cena, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube. Giancarlo Esposito, the great Post Malone, we were just talking about. Brady Noon, Seth Rogen, Paul Rod, Maja Rudolph. Those are some of the names of the, that have uh, lent their voices to this, to this movie. And it has, it, it flirts with the violence of the original. The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was not the giddy giddy good good stuff that you got to see on the 1988 uh, TV TV show that people were couldn't stop watching, including myself. I'm a big fan of the TV show, the first one. I really like it. I know that in recent years they have taken a turn for the worse because, and I say for the worse because they have become more for children with Nickelodeon having having making all the TV shows for them and all that. It's more of a child stuff. The one that, that came out, the TV show in the 80s, to go with the uh, action figures and everything that was coming out, was also the same. It was somewhat of a, for, for children, but the original comic that came out in 1982, if you go back and read it, and it's got a lot of great sci-fi in it, but the violence in it is definitely not for children. And the subjects that are being discussed in there it's not that they're vulgar or nudity or nothing like that, but they're definitely not for kids. Talking about a lot of rough stuff, and once again, the violence was was nasty. It was it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was nothing to play with, boy. That thing was, man, it was hard. But 
this movie right here is heavily mutant mayhem is heavily influenced and the word mutant isn't there heavily influenced by the x-men a lot of x-men you're going to feel that you're watching a lot of that early x-men cartoon and all that by the mutants not being accepted they want acceptance ice cube plays mr fly um big ginormous monster at the end and godzilla is going to have a, a lot of uh Godzilla reference, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has uh, the, the good sci-fi that they're so so good in. It has a new take, a new beginning on this, somewhat of a new take. You know, they, they tell you an explanation how they came about and whatnot. And how all the mutants are somewhat connected. They came from the same uh, lab. And let me see how what this one is doing. Hey, man, so far, $70 million budget. We don't know what it has brought in because it came out yesterday. So, so the release dates um, were, yeah, August the 2nd, 2023, United States. Paramount Pictures is the distributor of this. Nickelodeon Companies, Nickelodeon Movies, and Point Great Pictures. So we don't really know what this is going to do. I, I hope that this does good. They have already uh, signed up to do a sequel to this. And also... A TV show, a new TV show with it. So what's going to take place? I have no idea if it's going to be. This is a new uh, um, a new take on, uh, on uh, April O'Neill. She's different on this one. She's in, she's in high school. She, she's st starting to become a reporter, but, but uh, not a, at like the last one where she was older and, and, and was a reporter. So we'll see what the... Um, what the, uh, the the money that this thing brings in, but regardless of, of how it's going to do, they already expected it to be pretty big since they have already signed up for a uh, part two and also a TV show. And of course, the you can go through the aisles of Walmart and they already have the action figures out there for this movie. So this is a uh, a joyride, man. This is, is a lot. A lot of it is mostly for for kids. They do make a few comments that, that are maybe not not for kids, but nothing vulgar or nothing like that. But this is mainly for for children, but big children. I was I was very stunned in the movie theater yesterday when I went to see this because uh, I was I thought I was going to be the only adult in there, and it turned out that no, you had other people in there. A lot of adults in there actually. Because the movie theater that I go to, they serve alcohol. <laughs> so you had people drinking and watching this and stuff. And it was cool. So definitely, this is another movie of this week that came out this week. Do not skip. I do have a job. I know people People are probably listening to this show and thinking, wow, does he even work? He said, seems to be at the movie and concerts all the time. Summertime is very slow for me. So I tend to enjoy myself before I get to become a prisoner of the working force, which I highly enjoy being addicted to working a lot since I live a very... Uh, very uh pricey lifestyle but this is a uh, uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem you're gonna really enjoy it if you're a fan of the of the teenage mutant ninja turtles this movie's gonna be for you it's, it's a has a feel-good story it's a feel-good story lots of great voices in it they're gonna they are gonna recognize and yeah man it's 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 a it's a joy, right, man? It, it, I enjoy it watching the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the big screen again in such a positive way. Some of the other movies uh, were not a. Uh, I don't know. I was not a. I was not that 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 into them, but this one I I really enjoy. I gotta say they're back. The 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 
the Ninja Turtles are back. And if this wasn't enough, now we get to the part where, um, oh boy, this is the, uh, this is something that happened in March, March of night of 2022, a book was released. And this is not, this is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book that we had not had in a very long time. This is called The Last Run-In. And what do you see in the cover of this book when you actually, for those of you that will, that will pick this book up, you can find it. I bought it at a comic book convention earlier this year. But like I said uh, just a minute ago, I only have time like in the middle of December and I have time in the summertime to read and catch up with stuff, which is the reason why I only go to the comic book store once a year and that is in December and I don't deprive myself of, of much. I usually just pick up like probably a good amount of stuff and read it because it's the only time of the year where I can do that. And I picked this one at a comic convention because I saw the names on, on the on the cover and we're talking about Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the uh, creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That as everybody knows, they went in separate directions after a while. The thing got real big and I'm pretty sure they made a lot of good money. They sold the rights to this. And then I think like probably what was it, 12 12, maybe nine years ago that Kevin Eastman returned to work uh, for creating some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, but it wasn't the same. But with this two names on the cover of The Last Running and what a story it is, I couldn't resist and picking this up. And I can't believe, had I known how good this was, I would have never saved it for the summertime. I would have read this a very long time ago. It consists of five issues that were released uh, of this this series that makes for the last running the, the graphic novel. And the first issue starts with Wish for Death. That should tell you everything that you need to know about this is not your goody-goody, feel-good Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story. I'm going to tell you right now, this is back to the beginning. This is raw and in your face. This is as nasty as you want to be. This got all the Japanese uh, traditional samurai lore into it and it has all the good sci-fi that we love from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. This one is just perfect. I'm not even going to tell you that this is a a 2 or a 10. I mean, if 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 I don't know, because oh, I do popcorn emojis for movies and stuff. I don't know what can I do for books. I've, but if I was going to do, if this was a movie, I'm just going to say it. Five popcorn emojis for this. That's how good it is. The second one is First to Fall. The third installment was Fight or Flight. The fourth installment was Blood in the Snow. And that one was very impactful. And then you have the last installment of this series. It's called The Last Running. You can pick up this book in Amazon. Unless you go to your favorite uh, comic book convention and see it. And one of the vendors has it. Then I highly recommend you pick it up. If you're a Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. If you like good sci-fi. And if you like all that uh, old school Japanese, ninja, samurais, culture. You're definitely not going to go wrong with it. You're going to be blown away by it because it is that damn good. This is one of the best 
best Teenage Mutant Ninja. T- if if there's a top three of all the books that I have read and all the stories of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'm just gonna give this one a har. This has to be in the top three. And I wouldn't be surprised if you cash me in a good day and I tell you that this is number one because I can't think of a number one right now after reading this. That's how good this is. This is this takes place in a future in which there was a truce that turned out to be nothing more than a trap. And Master Splinter goes to Japan where he meets his ultimate demise. And the rest of the turtles in New York are attacked and they also die. Make Michelangelo, he follows them to Japan and he tries to intervene, but he survives. And he's totally devastated that his father has died and his brothers are dead. And he goes into a hiatus for many years until he returns to get his revenge. In New York at this point, it's been taken over by Shredders, uh, the Hiroto clan and the foot soldiers and the soldiers and Baxter has created this special Terminator soldiers and the grandson of Shredder has taken over New York. April is still alive. Um, However, she has a daughter. The daughter has a mutation from being around her parents, being around the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Her father, Casey, unfortunately, he met his demise. He died in the original war that I was just referring to. And man, uh, Michelangelo just, he was about to commit suicide. Like, and he changed his mind. And, and he goes to search for the grandson of uh, the Hiroto uh, clan, uh, head of the Hiroto clan. And man, like, it's just, it's insane how nasty this, this, how graphic, how good the uh, sci-fi is on this. This is no joke. Layers are by Kevin Eastman. Stories are by Kevin Eastman, Peter Layer, and Tom Waltz. Script is, the script is by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. Pencils have Kevin Eastman in it. Uh, layouts has a foreword by, um, by Robert Rodriguez, the director. Brother, this thing, if if I was to tell you that this is they when they turn this into a uh, into a movie, not a maybe not a movie, I don't know if they'll go that far, but maybe an anime movie, and who knows if they will because of how graphic intense this is, then hmm, maybe, just maybe, maybe. This thing could be probably the best. People will recognize this as the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story that ever, that ever, ever took place. Because this thing is just, man, the grandson of uh, of Shredder, his name is Oroku Hiroto. Hiroto. And he is the baddie on this one. Nasty as, as only he can be. He looks like Triple H, but with dark hair. He lives in a ginormous towers where he overlooks the city above everybody else and everybody's beneath him. And that's the same way that he treats all the citizens of New York. He has a special ninja robotics uh, police force that patrol the city and keeps everybody down. Michelangelo tries to confront them and he tries to get his revenge from the get-go. But unfortunately, they're too much of a match for him. And he is rescued by April's daughter who takes him down to the... uh, the sewers where they have their compound and man he's uh 
Michelangelo feels that he's been defeated and he's going to commit, uh, I'm trying to use the, the right word, because uh, there was a suicide mission and he feels that he has defeated, so he feels like he has to commit a suicide, the, the samurai style, which is, uh, let me get the right word for it because I don't want to use a, uh, I don't want to use a, uh, a BS word. I think I know it, but I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it, yeah. I'm glad I don't have commercials. They would, they would, they would definitely run me out of the air. If Jay was here, he would be all upset at me. <laughs> uh, seppuku. It's S-E-P-P-U-K-U. -P -P -U -U. And that is a, that is a samurai practice. And it takes place in this book. Michelangelo is actually going to do it. And the art for it is incredible. When this turtle that is, now he's bigger, more powerful. It looks like a mini Hulk. Because the mutation, he has grown. And it shows the old school, like, if anybody remembers the, uh, when Brody, they did that art with Brody and, um, in Dragon Ball C and the major picture that came out a few years ago, probably like five or years ago, maybe it was that it came out. They do that old flashback art. That's the way they do some of the art on this, on this, uh, graphic novel that, man, you're going to love this, but, um. Yes, seppuku is a cutting of the belly, also called also called harakiri. Okay, that's what I knew it uh, as harakiri, and it's uh, the abdomen, the belly, the cutting. The native Jap Japanese is a form of Japanese rit rit ritual suicide by disembowelment. While harakiri refers to the act of disembowelment oneself. Sapuku refers to the ritual and usually would involve... Okay, so... Oh, all right. So that, that's the reason why there's two words for it. Sapuku refer Okay, and then both the capitation after the act as a sign of mercy. Oh, so somebody would have to assist you and decapitate you once you go down that... Oh, man. And Harakiri refers to solely the act of disembowelment and it would only be assigned as a punishment towards acts demon to haters for seppuku. It was originally reserved for samurais in their code of honor, but also practiced by other Japanese people during the Showa era. Particularly officers near the end of World War II to restore honor for themselves or their families. As a samurai practice, seppuku was used voluntarily by samurais to die with honor rather than fall into the hands of their enemies and likely be tortured as a form of capital punishment for samurais who had committed serious offenses or performed because they had brought shame to themselves. The ceremonial disembowelment, which is usually part of a move elaborated ritual and performed in front of spectators, consists of plunging a short blade traditionally a tanto, into the belly and drawing the blade from left to right, slicing the belly open. If the cut is deep enough, it can serve the, uh, it can se se severe the abdominal aorta, causing a rapid death by blood loss. Man, let me see who did. The first act was performed by Minamoto no Jorim. Jorimasa during the Battle of Uji in 1880. Sapuku was used by warriors to avoid falling into enemy hands. Of course, 
So that is the that is the reason the reason why seppuku and harakiri. Wow, man. Ooh. Man. Seppuku had somebody assisting you to decapitate you. And Harakiri was just you by yourself, just slashing away. Good Lord have mercy. Boy, them samurais, they were not nothing to play with, boy. Them people were definitely going all out out there. That's why they were so fierce in battle. They they had no no there was no retreat in this people. They just went full flown. And the Ninja Turtles are part samurai and part ninja. They have they have influenced by all of that. So again, a friend of mine was actually yesterday just saying how did I get something so rare? Well, it's not as rare as you think. This book, you can get it on Amazon for I made a research for him and I sent him the uh because I knew that there was maybe a chance that you could find it on Amazon and it's still not you can find it the same probably even cheaper than what I bought it at a convention because I believe at a convention this book is priced at $29.99 and I think I paid well not much I probably paid like $32, $33 for it definitely they overpriced it since it's a convention but when I saw the names this is what sold me this book but once I read it man I've been reading it this week Kevin Eastman and Pierre Lair boy that doesn't happen very often brother when it happens you have to if you're a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Whew, there's one to read is this one. But if you're a fan of sci-fi, if you're a fan of Japanese traditional stuff, samurai, battles, wars, the, the vengeance, like if you're a fan of Tarantino, this thing is just, it's got it all in there, man. There's no way to describe how good this book is. Ah, oh, boy, let me tell you. So let me say another thing. I want to say a big shout out to our friend, uh, Dayful of the Busher Devashi and the people of Tacoma, Washington. And why am I so interested in telling everybody in Tacoma, Washington, the Porsche Devashi market? Because last week when I did the episode, tried that at the Devashi market, it was played inside the convenience store by Dayful of the Busher Devashi, our friend. And he played it in there and the people were listening to it and they were enjoying last week's show. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very happy. Jay was told about it. He was very excited about it. And try anything at the Bashi market, but don't try nothing illegal. Yesterday, there was a uh, miner trying to purchase a beer with an undercover agent right behind it. I've seen the video. I've seen the footage. No sooner than the girl was told that... Uh, that he was not selling her a beer. Dayful of the Bush or the Bashi said, no, you don't have this ID. You're a, you're a minor. The the undercover cop uh, show him his badge and say, thank you. You're doing your job. So big shout out to Dayful of the Bush or the Bashi. He's a great American doing the great thing. And as I always go every week, um, <laughs> every week, man, we go and hear what's been talked about in the country and this and that. Um, Man, the world is not an easy, uh, an easy place. The world is really a, a very dangerous place. We have a uh, total mayhem going on in in Haiti, which is very close to the United States. And there's a lot of death, a lot of hunger, a lot of things that are going in there. It's totally lawless right now. It's very bad right now. We have mayhem going on in Africa. We have mayhem going on. Prices going skyrocketing all over the place. And the big thing in the U.S. government this last week. Uh, and, and the big thing that is talked about is that we're not alone. And that should tell you how crazy it is when the government is coming out saying that there is uh, maybe other life being and other uh, unidentifiable objects that are making too much of a, uh, they're getting too comfortable on earth and nobody seems to care because everybody's basically 
keep has so much going on in their life to stay afloat. Uh, that is that, that's insane. But um, and I don't know what to tell you. Maybe we keep on working uh, in there and, and see what happens. Hope for the better. That's all I can say. Um, that's basically it for this week, boy. I went six minutes above what I what I was planning because. Now without Jay Lenderman, as uh, like I said every week, I can't say it enough. We cut in the show to half an hour to keep it interesting, keep it good, keep it very informative, do our little review and walk away from it unharmed. So until the next time, America, stay safe out there. Thank you all for listening. Big shout out again to our friend Dave Flo the Butcher Dabachi. Our prayers out with Jay as he go into surgery this week. Uh, Rennie Rico with the sentiment. Last week's episode was a half year review. We couldn't do the uh, the half year review. I was going to do it like me, me and Jay do it every year. But I, without him, it didn't feel right. It just didn't feel like something I wanted to do without Jay Lenderman. So I'll wait for Jay to come back. And at the end of the year, I think it's uh, somewhere in the early third week of December that I go on hiatus. Uh, we'll do the year of review, me and Jay. So I'd rather do it that way. So for those that... that uh, have listened to our year review i highly recommend renny rico did a great show in the sentiment last week with the his year in review so you gotta listen to that and, and see what's out there what you like what you don't like there's a lot of good stuff out there and uh renny's very good when it comes to tv shows man highly anything that comes out of his mouth when it comes to tv show but i i really go out of my way to watch because he knows a lot about them everything that he's ever recommended is great so, folks, until the next one, till next time, stay safe out there. Thank you for listening. We highly appreciate it. Spotify, iRadio, all the platforms that carry us. Everybody except for Apple because they're a bunch of bitches that don't want to carry us because we tell the truth. And we're loyal to those that gave us a platform. So we are ashamed of Apple. Apple does not want to carry us for whatever the reason. And Amazon. Oh, does Apple carry us? Or is it Amazon? Amazon is who I want to take a shot at. And here I am promoting their books. I don't know if Apple carries it. Maybe I, I gotta I gotta give him an apology next week. But I know for a fact Amazon um, Amazon uh, podcast they don't want to carry us. They they got a problem with us. They carry some other people that copy our names and I don't even know they they still make a podcast or not. I sent them a cease and the cease a letter a long time ago. I don't know if they received it. But until the next time, stay safe out there. Thank you for tuning in.